All right, back again. Again, second time today. Second time today. Uh, Kaleidoscope episode three would have been four. Would have been four, but it's it's three. We lost the fucking audio. You mean you lost? The I audio. lost the audio. <laughs> I lost the audio. Recorded somehow. an entire podcast and lost all of it. Oh god, so. still stings a little bit. Yes. We're gonna try to redeem it here. Yeah. Alright, anyway, yeah, speaking of loss, it was a tremendous loss. I'm still, I'm still fucking salty about it. See, I've, I've tr- just adopted the sunk cost fallacy. I just say, it's gone, there's nothing you can do, fuck it, let's it's just true. do another one. Yeah, it's true, <laughs> I can objectively agree, but it's still, it still fucking hurts a little bit. Alright, but, we got it. we just gotta keep trucking, but in, yeah, in, I mean, the, in the vein of loss. Deal with loss. Yeah, in exactly. In a healthy way. In the vein of loss, this this leads into uh, our our subject, which is uh, you know kind of religion, the adherence of to God or something more, and how more specifically how people cope with loss. It, it doesn't necessarily have to be uh, under that category. It could be it could really be any kind of mechanism to cope and why people cope. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of uh, things that people are going to have to cope with. Obviously, most significant ones being the death of other people, but even more so is the death of themselves. And, uh, you know, there's terror management theory, which basically talks about how any human action is motivated by a fear of their, their own personal death. So, not just religion, but also um, motivations to be a part of something bigger than yourself um so like nationalism or joining the military or going to a prestigious college or or feeling like you're a part of some larger thing that will outlive you when you die um yeah yeah hold up what what is this okay never mind what i thought i thought she was coming in here (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I heard footsteps anyway uh yeah yeah so yeah there are many there are many things to fear losing but you know i think in terms of you know the fear i guess the category not categorization the uh prioritization of fear of death i think it depends on where you are in your life i think that the more inexperienced you are the more logical the fear of death of the self is right the, so, the more logical yes the more the more pertinent death the fear of death becomes of yourself when you when you have yet to experience when you have yet to live when you've yet to you know reach the heights that you sought then it makes more sense to be fearful of your death. When you've reached particular milestones or when you've experienced, when you've gotten far enough in life, I think the more logical fear, at least for me, is the is the fear of death of others. Because once you reach the realization that you're going to die and you come to terms with it, which isn't particularly easy, but once you do it, and I think a lot of people do come to that point, less than ideal but it still happens i think it becomes much more 
it becomes much more taxing to think about the death of other people because when you realize that you're you're a goner any fucking way it doesn't matter i mean yeah you acknowledge that that happens to everyone but it's seeing those you love fade and coping with that loss that to to me that's harder i feel like i'm okay with me dying i have no problem with it yeah it's other people maybe i'm just cynical but i i I've just have the feeling that uh people are much more self-centered than that oh like, i agree i, agree, I, I yeah. think the central crisis of most individuals is their own death yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think generally, overall, for sure. I'm just yeah. saying, as as time goes on, it's more likely that you'll focus on that more. But I yeah. think that's more of a, a young person's mentality. Yeah, I think I mean, that the older and you have children and grandchildren, but to a large degree, that's unconscious. Our yeah. our fear of our personal death is largely unconscious. That's why a lot of our coping mechanisms are irrational mm-hmm. because because they're done unconsciously and if we actually thought about what we were doing and why we were doing it then it wouldn't make any sense oh there's so many like it's hard to even know where to begin and <laughs> what's crazy is we live in such a technologically advanced time that the methods are becoming more and more irrational right i mean i think a fear of death is and is not rational it's a healthy fear in a sense because it stimulates survival but at the same time, it's irrational in the vein that it, it's inevitable. It's going to happen anyway. It doesn't matter. Yeah, there's you know? nothing you can do about it. Which should then motivate you. So I feel you could be motivated either way. You could be motivated by the fear that you're going to die, and that yeah. should instigate you to want to live, or you could feel like it doesn't fucking matter anyway. But however, that's a double-edged sword. When you feel like it doesn't matter, you have one of two responses. You're either reckless and you actually go out and live your life, or you feel like, fuck it, why should I do anything? Well, there's there's a fine line. It's like the yin-yang symbol and the, this notion of the Tao. So there's one side which is chaos and one which is order, and you're supposed to live your life right on the edge of order and chaos. Because if you live in order all the time, you never encounter anything new or any uncomfortable experiences, and everything that you do works out for you in a way that you've predicted successfully all the time but Mm -hmm. you never learn anything and you never expand your your boundaries and your base but if you live in chaos all the time nothing ever works for you everything always fails so you have to live right on the edge of that yeah and you know coming back to what what we're talking about with death is most people are just stay in their their order bubble right and they don't want to venture out and think about the fact that they're going to die, but you don't want to, like you were saying, you don't want to just be fine with the fact that you're going to die. So fine with it that you go and do reckless things all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, going back to the, to the methods in which people cope. I mean, it's, we'll, we'll get into religion uh, religion later. I feel like it's so much bigger, but it's, is my new, I feel that people, Patriotism, nationalism, religion are become becoming less and less permeating than as when they were. Less socially acceptable. Yeah. So now, as we uh, lost in our prior podcast, there's more of a sense of individuality. And in that respect, the way people cope with loss or negativity, whatever, any kind of emotion in that realm is more individualistic. You know, take, for example, you know, video games. 
That's that's a very common new age way to deal with these feelings. I'm not against them. I, I have no problem with them. I play them. I like them. have since I was a kid. But it's more that, you know, it's this digital world, this power fantasy where you can be and do anything. And it's the escape from what, you know, per- perceptively our reality, uh, how how we perceive life, what what all of this is. That's how we avoid it. We seek to avoid it with mechanisms we can't realistically use, utilize. And so, but as you're talking about this line, there is a line and people slide down it quickly. And we've touched on, you know, the things like this, like drugs, et cetera, et cetera. And this falls into the same category, evading these feelings. And, and the, while there is no, as you've heard a thousand times before, correct way to deal with loss, avoidance, I I can assure you, isn't an effective one. It's about catharsis and expression. It's about being able to just endure it and be the, be the strong one that anyone else can depend on. Yeah. I mean, it's okay to crack and break and hurt. There's nothing wrong with that. But then there is this re- rebuilding phase. You have to build yourself back up. You have to, you do have to endure it. I was saying you have to break entirely shatter you gotta bend you gotta be uncomfortable you're gonna hurt in life we've talked about this before and how people deal with that i think largely determines what type of person they are or will become one day when you are faced with adversity and you seek to avoid it you 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 do whatever it takes to just dodge and weave that shit like Floyd Mayweather you're just not having it you don't want to be touched by it just constantly seeking distractions absolutely and that's definitely the age we live in yeah. you're you're going to become emotionally truncated you will you will not grow you will not evolve and as i've said numerous times i know all too many people who who fall into that category they don't move they are a pocket of time and era well it's easy to it's easy to fall into that pattern i mean the question is the question isn't why people do that and seek distractions all the time the question is why anyone wouldn't that's a good point that's true i mean it's so easy to distract yourself i mean there's drugs alcohol video games netflix tv well i think there's a very good and again, a lot of this, it's not even necessarily age dependent, but experience dependent. And it's, it's unfortunately, it's, you know, it's a catch 22 because you want to, if you're all about, if you're intrinsically, I don't want to use the word selfish because I feel like it's uh, more aggressive than what I'm trying to convey, but rather you're about self-preservation, which I feel most people fall more into that category than, you know, maliciously selfish. They're just looking to protect themselves. And in that respect... So, you, wait, you mean they're not looking to grow and they're just looking to preserve what they have? Is that what you mean? Not necessarily. I don't think anyone looks not to grow. People are, I guess, ancillary to that, yes. That's what happens. That's not their goal. They don't grow as a result. It's subsequent to the fact that they don't 
take risk, you know, but that's a whole, that's a whole other path. What I'm saying are people, I really don't want to get off track like I typically do, but people basically are faced with these dilemmas. And when they are in this mode of self-preservation, they, you're right, they have these hobbies and habits and, and, and they're full of distraction. And when you live within a mindset that you're merely trying to protect yourself and your self-interest, then under, it's understandable as to why you, what you say, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you go down these paths? Yeah. Why wouldn't you do this? Well, you're absolutely right. When you're thinking of the self, when you're trying to preserve the self, then yeah. sure. Well, that's that's the default mode of thinking, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's would- it's super easy to understand why someone would want to stay distracted and not deal with their problems. I mean, yeah. that's just instinct. Right. But what I'm what I'm leading to is it's going back to the whole David Foster Wallace this is water uh speech. It's it's the understanding. I wouldn't even say it's flipping a switch necessarily like we're incapable or it's an alien concept, but rather the evolution of the self which is the evolution of the self is realizing that the self is merely a facet yeah of the self and that it's more about the selfless it's more about your not necessarily the obligation but your almost spiritual camaraderie and attachment to other people that give fulfills you with a sense of duty what fulfills you with a sense of desire really to protect and do right by others. So by that default mode, yeah, you're you're locked in. You don't want to change. You don't want to change your ways. You don't want to alter the course because you're doing what you have to do to protect yourself, whether it's safe, whether it's chaotic. We know numerous people who fall into either of these camps. They're either too safe or they're too chaotic, but they're doing what they're doing because they feel it's what's best for them. It works best for them. But only because it's worked for them up to this point like yeah that's all they know basically yeah so they're just yeah like and, this has gotten me this far why would i do anything else yes that and the combination of the fear of the unknown which is the logical yeah fear you know why why risk going down this road i've like you said i've gone this far with this mindset who knows what will happen if i go down this other road yeah. but once the self evolves as it naturally should and this is why, you know, friendship, family, romantic love are vital components to mankind. This is what evolution is about. This is what humanity is about. It allows us to continue to grow into this being to where we put ourselves second, third, fourth, whatever the case may be, to the, to those we love. And that is what truly motivates people. It's love. And so when you then when you alter that mode, when you evolve, you grow, the fear of of yourself dying, the only reason I fear that is how it impacts those I love. I have, once I got past, speaking of, from my personal perspective and my own personal experiences, you know, my history, you know, open heart surgery and, uh, you know, fucking had fluid around my heart uh, months later almost died you know i i come a cock hair from from 
from just biting the fucking bullet. And, you know, those experiences are difficult, but enriching in a lot of ways. And they help you to come to terms with the fact that you're very much going to die. And more importantly, and of course this goes back to what we previously talked about, uh, acid and other things like acid, those things combined truly nearly dying and then taking drugs that really help quell those fears and have a greater understanding of what it means to die help you to understand that it's just it's okay it's the equivalent of this huge emotional spiritual hug yeah it's just this big great hug and it's 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 all right it's fine it's okay i mean all those experiences you're talking about are probing deeply into the abysses that a lot of people don't venture into so you, you go into those places, these, those near-death places and on these psychedelic drugs, and you can come back out with uh, um, an understanding of what it is. Yeah. And then articulate that and live off of it. Right. And and as a result, and you talk about live off of it and take it with you, you're right. And the most important aspect of that is taking it and allowing you, you yourself to, to truly blossom from this and more importantly use this knowledge to help other people and that is what it means to grow it's about acceptance of finality when you accept this usually through suffering you suffer and this is this is what happens life is this blank slate at the start okay and if anything it's full of promise and then promises become broken and the slate isn't so blank anymore it's dirty it's muddled it's it's full of fucking stains it's gross it's and what happens is you're at an impasse you can strive forward you can push forward and realize it's just going to be dirty it's going to be grimy it's it's just not going to be fucking rainbows and butterflies every day and you can accept that you will suffer and that ultimately you will die. And through a series of events, you come to, to accept this and you no longer fear death for what it is for yourself. These are two diverging paths. This is the, this is one, the one I'm down currently. You no longer fear it for what it is for yourself. You merely fear it for what it is in the sense that it affects those that love you who have not yet reached this realization. This is who it impacts, and this is who you fear for. I have no fear of death of myself. I do, I don't. I do not care. It it affects me in no way. I will. I ex- I did not exist for billions of years prior to this very moment, and I will not exist for billions of years after I'm gone. It's just it's just a, a brief moment in time, a speck, and that's okay. This is my time. And then it will not be anymore. And that's all right. Because once you have all these experiences and and you've done, and more importantly, and this is a whole other facet of this, you've done good for those. You, You have few regrets, if any. You've done right by those you love. You've been truthful, loyal. You've done good, not for the for the reward, some fucking fictitious or 
you know, t- talked about reward that, that, that may never be, which leads into the whole religion thing, which we'll get into shortly. But rather, you did it because it was the right thing to do, which is why you should be good in the first place. But we'll, we'll get into morality later, this whole other thing. So that's one path. Okay, and that's why the fear of death of yourself is largely becomes obsolete, and it's more about other people. But you're right. That's few people, okay? What generally happens, particularly among the young, is that blank slate, nothing's going on. It gets dirty. They're faced with adversity, opposition, an obstacle. They don't like it. So they realize for the first time the the magnitude of the challenge of life. Yes, and they're young and corruptible and you know, influenceable by propaganda. That's actually why the military militaries of most countries uh, recruit, um, you know, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, is because that's when uh, people are most susceptible to prop- propaganda. Even though the body is uh, usually uh, most physically strong around twenty five and thirty. They recruit young because it's easier. You can get more people that way. Yeah. It makes sense. Smart. Yeah. Smart on their behalf. But most people don't. Most people end up down that path. They they become swayed. They're impressionable. They're malleable. You know, they're just clay. And it's usually just a phase in your life. And people will find ways to distract themselves. They'll find ways to evade this reality you will not go you will not go through life i'll put it this way you will not go through this life unscathed and still experience true love well it doesn't matter whether it's your friends your family your significant other it does not matter if you truly truly love selflessly from from the pit of your fucking essence, everything within you, you will suffer, you will hurt, you will lose if you don't die, unless you die first. That's it, it's the only way. And then they will suffer. Suffering is crucial. It's as every bit as vital as breathing. You, you must, you must suffer. That's why the hedonist lifestyle is nonsensical. It's, it's illusionary. It, it means nothing. It's void, and it's a vast void, where people feel that they're going to the constantly fill their lives. And I'm obviously very familiar with these type of people, given my family and friends and whatever. They do what makes them happy all the time. They do not want to suffer. They do not want to hurt. They do not want to experience anything bad. No one wants to. It's not about wanting to suffer, wanting to hurt. It's the realization that you're going to, and that it's very much a part of the process of being human. It's what makes us better. You know, we're, we are this creature that we're only ever better after we're worse. Yeah, I mean, there's something to be said for just discipline in general, which is along the same lines make forcing yourself to suffer through something that you know is beneficial in the end yeah because i mean if if you if all you do is seek pleasure and distraction it's not going to get you anywhere and it's you know it seems on the surface like something 
that seems like you know the thing you want to do to to make your to make your time here worthwhile you know like the carpe diem principle which is just act on every impulse every time you want like you know i have this cup i want to throw it i have every right to i should you know and it's like that's not really freedom that's you see that in children you yeah. know just this impulsive and that's that's not at the end of the day that's not a rewarding path to take yeah yeah i mean it's uh it's everywhere it's everywhere it's it's just this permeating poisonous immaturity throughout culture and society not just in western civilization everywhere particularly western civilization though and it's just it's sad too because what happens is and no one's ever equipped for it but most people go their lives and live in that bubble and then something bad happens and they'll never truly know the irony is that they need this bad thing they need to suffer through this to learn from it right but we live in this age where you can be infinitely distracted you can watch an entire fucking show like all of it they'll post the whole thing in one day there used to be a required discipline to wait yeah a week to see the next episode yeah. to a show you that is watch gone. commercials between it yeah now you can just binge the whole thing yeah it, there is it's just all reward all the time uh food it's the same thing it's everywhere it's all the time social media it's all the time just faster and faster and faster faster like you just, now you don't even always. Need to get out of your car just drive right through and they make it instantly by the time you even get up to the window it's ready yeah it's 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 everywhere it's, it's this everything instant gratification internet porn you know there used to oh, be yeah. like a, a finesse about watching porn you had to drive to the video store you had to walk into the back you know you had to embarrass yourself checking it out with you had the, to suffer yeah you had to suffer through the shame yeah but yeah. now it's like it's just so easy oh i'll give you another example i'll give you a more real world example than that uh just fucking in general condoms you used to have to suffer through waiting in line to buy the condoms in front of the cashier, and you'd like kind of hide it and shit. Yeah. Like what I would do is I get like a like a bowl or something. I don't know. Maybe I needed a bowl. And I'd like put the condoms. <laughs> you'd in mask it. the purchase. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, they'd, I'd pay for it, but nobody else would see it but the yeah. cashier. Yeah. All right, and then then we had the self checkout. Okay. Yeah. So now you could you could avoid. Yeah. You can buy whatever you want. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. The most embarrassing shit. Yeah. Does not matter. Now we have Amazon. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Just buy the shit on Amazon. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Now you don't even need to risk someone yeah. seeing you in public with it. <laughs> Imagine being the person who bought the biggest I know we're going way off topic here. The biggest fucking dildo you've ever seen in person. Like imagine how embarrassing. <laughs> like going into an actual store to yeah, buy. Oh yeah. 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 Give me that fucking giant one that's got the balls on it. <laughs> you have too. to ask for it because it's on the top shelf. <laughs> it's on the top shelf. You can't reach it. they got to get a fucking stepladder. It's a whole thing. Or they're sold out. <laughs> yeah, we're going to need somebody up here for this big dildo. Yeah, we're, we're going to need some help loading it out. Uh, so, anyway, it's, the, it's very much this instant gratification. There's no suffering. There's no discipline. There's no structure. It's... It, it's it's just nothing you know so what happens is people 
living in this age, particularly in our generation, the younger generation, people will evade suffering. And lots of times it's through, you know, materialism, whatever it may be, uh, TVs, you know, jewelry, whatever, cars. Or work. Some Some people, like, go to work as their distraction. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. A lot of people are like that. They just don't they don't want to their home life isn't great or it's unfulfilling. So yeah. they they seek they just seek yeah. refuge in that. And it's like you could argue, well, you know, that's work. That's a, that's a positive thing they're doing. They're making money. It's like, well, what's happening to that money? You know, are they just spending it all again as a distraction? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's one thing if someone's working and then they're actively working to make themselves a better person, saving and investing money, but I don't know. I just feel well, like a lot of people just buy things to distract. And you know, yeah, like we yeah. were just saying, Amazon, it's easier than ever to blow money. Oh, yeah. So now, you know, and, and young, even younger people than that, that's more of like a, feel like an adult, just an adult distraction. Yeah. How an adult would distract themselves. And then there are people in the younger generation distract themselves with, you know, fictitious worlds. It used to be books. Yeah. Now it's movies and shows and games and l- observing and interacting with lives that are ostensibly better than yourselves, than your own. Yeah. Right. Rather than acknowledging that you w- must suffer through your own issues to have a better life for yourself. You don't have to replicate it elsewhere. You can actually live a lot of it. No, I mean, I'm not saying you can go slay a fucking dragon or something. But yeah, I mean... the yeah, I mean, you're constantly changing the, your character in the video game to make him, you know, stronger and faster and customizing it. Why don't you just treat yourself as your character, you mm-hmm. know? If, like, instead of um, walking around the map in the video game to make your character faster, how about you start running on the treadmill and make your real character faster, Yeah, you know? It's like, a lot harder. That's yeah. why. It takes a lot more discipline. Yeah, that's to right. Suffer. No one you wants know, to Playing really... a game, you don't have to suffer to the game, yeah. generally, unless it's really fucking hard, but... Yeah. You get it. You just play the game, and it's but right the reward there. is that you know when you turn off a game, it's off. That's it, and you're back. But wouldn't it be nice to have like something that's always there to come back to your body, and it's like make that your your character. You know, it's it's dress, suffering. Dress nope. nice, yeah. No yeah one nobody wants nobody wants to. You have, I mean, and that's the thing. It's like I mean, nobody opts to suffer, right? You just you just suffer, just and you have a choice. Down. Yeah, you have a choice. Like I personally, you know my history, like. I briefly touched on it here for a second, and I know you know, but for anyone who may ever listen to this, uh, someday, <laughs> like, you know, having almost gotten married, and, you know, the, together eight years, you're about to get married, and at this point, relatively innocent, no no true suffering, no turmoil, pretty easy life, you know, about to get married, you know, spend thousands of dollars doing this whole ordeal and then you know a month before she's sucking somebody's dick like it's over out of nowhere and it's you know it's difficult to uh to to push on through and then to show up you know i still showed up we still (laughs) threw the fucking wedding it wasn't a wedding obviously at that point but it's like the world's saddest party i actually (laughs) used my tinder pro i took pictures of me in the suit still showed up in a suit And I took pictures, and I used that picture on Tinder. <laughs> Just out of spite. 
Yeah. <laughs> and nobody ever knew what it was from. Like, the fucking joke's on you. Uh, yeah, I was like, well, actually, joke's on me, not on them. And I told Libby that. I just told her that. That was fucking, like, three years ago. And I just told Libby that a couple months ago. And she laughed her ass off. She thought that was funny as hell. Anyway, yeah, you know, suffering through that. And then, obviously, all the medical uh, stuff thereafter, you know, finally, I got, you know, I was single again and just single life and you know it's a huge adjustment but a lot of people that's not the end of the world a lot of people you're a better person for it generally at the at the end there's this fucking generally in the end i was a better person for it but then it wasn't even you know it was maybe a year or so later and and then finally i need heart surgery and then all of the struggles accepting that and going through that you know 28 years old 27 at the time i think and accepting something so huge after having presumably no issues you know i knew i had like a minor heart condition but nothing crazy and uh yeah and then all the struggle since and you know the rehab the cardiac rehab and all that stuff and then the fucking tamponade cardiac tamponade the fluid trapped around the heart become fucking inch of dying you learn so much and I'm not saying, oh, I'm glad that it happened, but I'm ex- extremely thankful for the person I became as a result. And I'm not saying that other people have to suffer to that extent. That's that's hard. It's very difficult. I wouldn't really wish it on any fucking body. But though those, there are those who have much harder lives. Still, there there was a lot of value in that. There was a lot. There was a wealth of of wisdom within it. But you have to face it that's the point that i'm making here is that it would have been easy to just ignore a lot of that i could have just when that wedding fell through i could have just collapsed in on myself and like a lot of people and just fucking shriveled up and just did nothing became shut in who knows i mean who knows what path that would have would have became and then with the heart stuff who i could have ignored it i i have my mom uh, one of her closest friends has the same condition as me. She's in her fifties, and she raises her grandkid like her like her child. That child thinks that that's uh, his mom. He has no idea. His mom's in, in jail, drug stuff. You know, it's bad. And she anyway. My mom's friend has this condition, and it's very serious. Like if if you don't, uh, it's mitral valve regurgitation, but it requires hers like mine is bad enough that it warrants surgery if you don't fix it eventually you'll go into heart failure and you will die your heart will either stop or you'll just drown your own fucking lung fluid whichever comes first you'll die from heart failure or respiratory failure i don't know one of them's gonna happen she has this condition she's very bad off she's ignored it for a very long time and if she doesn't fix it she will die and you would be surprised at the people that have these problems. She's an extreme example, obviously, but choose to ignore it because it's difficult. I mean, I can't imagine how she feels. It drains the fucking life out of you. You feel like you're a zombie. I don't even know how she's can keep living like that. I how hate long it. How she had it and she still hasn't gotten surgery? Oh, yeah. Uh, about years, at least. God. It's unreal. I, I had it for... Uh, that I for as long as I knew I had it I knew that I had it for about a year and I pushed heavily to get surgery my cardiologist recommended it within three months and I tried really hard I didn't have insurance at the time uh, 
And then by the time it cleared, the I saw two surgeons, and they told me it could wait. My cardiologist disagreed, and then obviously you know I went to Cleveland Clinic and, and got the surgery. But it took a long time to set everything up. Still, uh, the point, though, is that, you know, she, that my mom's friend here, you know, she's faced with a choice. And it's difficult. It is not, not heart surgery isn't particularly painful, but it's, it's a very long and uh, exhausting process to recover from. It's not, mitral uh, repair surgery is at least, I can, obviously I can't speak on, you know, bypass surgery. It's a totally different situation, but it's a very, it's very tedious and, and drawn out. And, uh, you know, her fear is, I understand her fear. She's scared she'll die. She's scared she will, she'll never wake up. But the longer she lets it go, the worse it will get, and her odds are lower. They're less. It seems it, like common sense. It does. The problem is, it, it's, you know, one requires action. Yep. And the other doesn't. That's all and it is. You're absolutely right. And that's really indicative of the larger point here, which is it, it's easier, even though action almost always yeah. makes more sense than it's e- inaction. Yeah, it's easier to do nothing. Yes. Even if that nothing will have larger consequences Absolutely. than doing something. That's that's really what I'm trying to convey yeah. here because I have so many friends who several who who are absolutely fit into this camp where they they know that if they continue down this road of inaction it's not only a road to nowhere but nothing. And utter emptiness, loveless, just void of anything resembling happiness or even contentment for that matter. Uh, it's, it's not, it doesn't even qualify as mediocrity. So, but, but it's easier. It's easier because it's what's known. And that's really what this is about. It's fear of the unknown. But often the unknown is what's best for you we we seek to avoid or destroy what we don't understand it's one or the other yeah it's one or the other instead you should seek to learn it understand it integrate it into your life what you don't understand what you can't comprehend what's foreign to you don't shy away from it don't you know let it go askew hold on to it you know and and it's easier said than done but speaking from a place of great experience uh i mean i've experienced heartache in in the metaphorical romantic sense and the very much literal sense it fucking sucks all of it sucks and you know what i wouldn't change a fucking thing nothing not not a single scrap i'm so happy to have hurt so much it made me an infinitely better person well it set some perspective there on the life you you live when you're not hurting you know yeah it's wasted yeah it's wasted it's just utterly thrown away i would rather truly if i could live if i could go back before it all happened and go back to the life I had uh, before I ever had any of these issues, any of it. And I could live another 50, 60, 100 years of that life. 
or I could live another day of this one, I'd take this one. Truly. That's a pretty bold I'd, deal there. I absolutely fucking mean <laughs> it. Because I would die if I chose that life. I know that seems hyperbolic, but if I chose that life, I would be one of those people. I would be one of those people who, who avoided every sense of agony at every turn and was buried with fear in my heart and in my eyes and on the tip of my tongue. And and I was one of those who just froze when death came and, and just had an utter panic and terror. Just with a pissed off look on your face. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't want to be that, you know. And if I die tomorrow yeah. I because I was there. I was there. I was right on the fucking precipice of death. I was so close. See, I think I think, you know, going back to religion, I think that's why well, obviously, that's why a lot of people fall into religion is just because of this reassurance that you know this widely accepted cultural assurance that you're going somewhere after you die because we don't really know what happens yeah and so it's just this idea oh if i do i don't know enough about other religions to comment on it but um you know being raised a christian I, i can i can laughably talk about that so if you if you just believe i'm doing air quotes here if you believe that jesus died on the cross for your sins then you go to heaven that's it you don't have to say and then it's like i remember you know people would bring up the questions like okay well god doesn't want you to sin but if you do sin he'll forgive you and it's like well how much can you sin and, and but it's like so you, many times. it's like you can sit as much as you want as long as you believe, and so I've I know some people that are just that are claimed Christians that are just absolute pieces of shit like morally that just fuck people over all the time, and they never try to do it to get better. They're always the same. They're always going to be the same. But it's like they they have like this false sense of superiority because they believe, but really they're just scared. Oh, absolutely. And it's like they they feel like if they because they don't know and they're terrified and yeah, I mean I don't know. I feel like whatever it is you what how morally you lived your life is going to have an impact on it and you can't just shit on everyone and throw everyone under the bus and then expect to be rewarded the same as someone who did who lived near perfectly. Yeah. And I think people struggle. I think a lot I think a lot of people aren't actually religious yeah just, i think the percentage scared. of people who are genuinely dogmatic and religious yeah. is, is pretty fucking slim it's mostly it's almost yeah. always out of fear yeah i mean you know? and you can tell too just by their actions oh I mean, yeah some people are are genuinely well everyone i feel like is basically good it's or just, desire to be good yeah, there's just complications but there there are some people that act on that and that are good and are religious and those are the actual that's what it's meant to be that's what religion is meant to be for yeah. Um, but most people just use it as a safety net because they're scared. Yeah, somebody they, every everybody wants something to fall back on because religion takes all the lifting out for you. Like all the things that yeah. I just talked about in my personal experience, you know, I, those are personal. I had to personally physically emotionally suffer to whatever varying extent to come to that realization to this series of realizations and it's serious shit 
Yeah. I mean, we're just kind of talking about it like it's any other topic here, but I mean, I've never been as close to death as you have, and I, but, you know, I've taken psychedelics and I've pondered it, and just from walking up that close to the edge, which is nowhere near as close as you've been, I know that it's some scary shit there over that edge, and that's, and it's totally understandable why people resort to religions, I mean. It is. I have no problem with it. You know, it, it just, there's nothing wrong with just to clarify, there's nothing wrong with coping. I'm not saying you should go out here and, and just purposefully fuck your life up just so you can yeah. have to, to suffer to, yeah. to show some appreciation. I'm just saying, you know, the next time something truly bad happens to you, instead of ignoring it, just kind of feel it. Let yeah. it hit you. Don't run. Yeah. Like, just, it's, like, it's okay to fucking cry. Like, if someone yeah. you love dies you're allowed to hurt and you don't have to try to figure it all out it's just you just want to feel it that's the thing you want to depotentiate it and give it the chance to to have itself you you gotta let it for what it is you gotta let it flow you gotta let it soak into your bones yeah you gotta let it assimilate let it become a part of you it doesn't have to define you but it needs to become because you know it's like when when somebody you love dies anybody anything you know like when my little dog over there dies, he, you know, a little part of me will die. A little part of me will cease to be. And that goes for anyone. When, when my parents go, you know, my brother, anybody, anyone, my friends, it doesn't matter. You know, Libby, like anyone. Hell, even you. If, if you go, Thanks, like, man. you know, <laughs> yeah, like, seriously, a part of you withers. You know, it, it fucking on it withers on the vine. It's it's gonna go. That's right. See, he's commenting yeah, on this. He knows what we're talking about. Yeah, uh, yeah. Part of you's gonna gonna go, and that's natural. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean I'm gonna run from it. I'm not gonna hide. I'm, I mean, it's normal. You know, like, it, like my dad. I look up to my dad. You know, I learned a lot from my dad, dudes my fucking hero when 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 the old man kicks it it's gonna fucking hurt it's gonna it's gonna hurt real bad it's gonna be a brutal day not just day for the rest of my life i'll carry that with me forever right right fucking here right in my pocket right in the fields and that's normal you know it's just normal but and i'm not saying death is something to be learned from i'm not saying oh you're gonna learn this huge lesson no, it's just pretty pretty shitty. Death is just this really shitty I'm not saying there has to be beauty from it or 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 some fucking parable. It's also a very personal experience too. It is. Because there's not a whole lot of uh well-trodden paths of conversation about it. No. And so no. It's there's nothing to... you really say. There's yeah. nothing you really do. You just have to eat it. Yeah. It it doesn't mean there's something good at the outset. I'm just saying that it's something you're going to have, and and that's a shitty thing to hear. You want to hear? Well, listen, yeah. it's gonna. It's a, it's not like so like a breakup, right? You break up with someone, whatever. Maybe that relationship sucked. You'll find a better relationship. Well, it's not like that, you know. When somebody you love dies, like your when your parent dies, your 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 spouse dies, like that's fucking it. They're gone. Like that's it. That's extremely hard to deal with, and it's difficult to tell someone. Well, listen. It gets better, but it no. You just you carry that with you, and yeah. all I can tell you, the only solace I can give you is that 
it despite the fact that it'll always hurt you will become a stronger person it doesn't it, it, i i can't give you any more than that you'll just a silver become, lining that's what, yeah. that's all you can say yeah that's it is that you will become more resilient and that hopefully that will help you moving forward when when you're faced with lesser obstacles yeah in life you will be more well equipped to handle them that's it that's the only silver lining as you said that i can offer i can't say oh well it's gonna it's all gonna be okay well i mean look in the grand scheme of it yeah i think that death is i've said this before to me personally incredibly relieving i feel an in intense sense of relief almost contradictory statements there but truly it is just this massive weight lifted the thought especially not to come from a place of you know not not to be condescending or anything but truly anyone who's ever genuinely suffered physically suffered because it wasn't just as simple as heart surgery you know this you know the whole thing it was a fucking lot of problems in between it's tremendous amount of issues uh when you really truly suffer and those and there are people who i truly i tell you i truly feel for just sidetrack here um when you know before the surgery i had to I found out my uncle has this blood clot disorder. I've told you about this before. It's called Factor V Leiden. Uh, and it increases your probability to clot. And he had a heart attack and a whole thing. Uh, but he has the homozygous gene or allele or whatever the fuck. So he gets it from both parents. So he has a very high likelihood of it. I don't know if my mom has it. Uh, she definitely has one of the alleles for sure because I have one. I'm heterozygous too, so I got tested for it in preparation of the surgery, and I have it. So I have an increased chance of clotting. Not a huge deal when you're heterozygous. Not a big deal. The point of this, though, is that I had to go to hematology to get this test. I had to go to the cancer ward, which is connected to oncology. Hematology is. And there is nothing more, of all the shit I've been through, whatever. Some of it was very physically, like, particularly the tamponade, the fluid, was debilitating. I've told you this before. One of the most devastating pains I've ever felt in, in my life. I, I, I can't, truly I cannot fathom a more crushing, crippling pain or coming closer to death. I cannot fathom it. I'm sure it exists. It is impossible for me to, to picture it. Having said that, there is nothing more emotionally fucking devastating and walking in, it's 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 just a world unto itself. When you go to an oncology ward, and the cancer ward, and you, the people there were super nice. Obviously, they're they're treating people with cancer. And when you walk into this place, and you see you see all these old people. I mean, that's sad in the sense that you have this couple who's lived their entire lives together probably loved one another for a long time and that love has blossomed evolved beyond sex and and vigor and romance into a companionship a camaraderie uh you know a reliance on one another to get through the hardships of life and to see this person 
you know, they're, one of them's next to the other, and one of them is fucking dying. And there's a good chance that person's gonna gonna be gone in a short time. And the fact that this person has to just carry the fuck on and find a reason to be happy about it. That's what's fucking hard. But more than that, when you see... I cannot even begin to fucking imagine what this is like. When you see a set... And I saw this in there numerous times. A set of parents with a little fucking kid who's got cancer, who, who probably won't make it to the fucking end of the year. That is agonizing. That is loss. That is suffering. And I'm not saying, oh, you need to feel this. I, I wouldn't wish that on the fucking worst person. That is terrible. That's terrible. But it's just, it's perspective. It's perspective. And to, and to feel it, and to be, it, it, it absolutely permeates the room. You feel it. You sense it. You, you hear it, see it, smell it. It's everywhere. Death is just fucking everywhere. And it's morbid. It's hard. And same thing. I had to get my, after the tamponade shit, they found those nodules in my thyroid. They did a biopsy on it. I had to go back to the oncology ward. This was like a couple weeks ago, you know? And again, saw that shit. And it's just, it's just hard to watch. It's hard to see. And I can't even imagine living it, you know? So people are out here with their fucking worries and their woes. I mean, yeah, my shit was hard, but Jesus, it doesn't even come close to that. And then seeing these fucking people out here whine and cry. And it's, I'll be honest with you. I knew this going in before the surgery, quite uh, way before I had surgery. And, you know, Libby even said this to me. It would be a huge challenge. And I'll be real. It, it is. It was and it is. It is incredibly difficult to not be condescending. Extremely difficult. You know, to be like one of these old timers. Well, like nihilistic. Yeah, well, not necessarily even nihilistic. Like I'm, I'm not even nihilistic. I'm, I fall more into the absurdist category, but it, not nihilistic. And this, oh, nothing means anything. No, no, not at all. More in the sense that you've seen, you've experienced suffering. You feel suffering. You've truly suffered. You've seen suffering worse than your own. You know, I remember when I had surgery and I was doing laps around the hallway and I saw this little, this girl, I, I, I don't know, I think she was 17, 20, she was a kid. She was a kid. And I, I don't know what her situation was, but she was very bad off. Balloons everywhere in her room. If I had to guess, I would say she probably had a transplant. Just fucking devastating, you know, particularly for her parents or whatever. But no, what I'm talking about is these people out here who've never really truly suffered a day in their fucking life. And it's difficult for me. And I would imagine people who, who have been through far worse than me, uh, than myself to, to not be condescending, to not say like, yeah. listen, yeah. you've never even true. What the fuck are you crying about? What yeah. are you so sad about? What are you avoiding? Yeah. You know, really, this is it. Like uh, any, you know, particularly Libby can tell you, I bitch about it all the time. You know, friends I have were just like, there's nothing even really wrong with your life. You know, you, you've never really had a, a tremendously bad day. You know, like somebody I truly respect is my mom. I don't think I've ever seen anybody personally suffer more than her. And this, this is the, this is the agony of love, which is, the better person 
the better a person you are typically implies the more selfless you are, which implies further the more you love, the more people you love, the more output of love you pour from yourself into those people. Uh, you give more, which then means you hurt more. So that's why a lot of people seek to avoid. So someone like her is the most selfless person I've ever met. Everything she does, she does for other people. She does because she loves them. Friends, family. I mean, she had this one friend uh, a couple years ago who died. Uh, she had lung cancer. And she, she died in her arms. Literally in her arms. She held her as she died. Some powerful shit. It is. That's, I can't even begin to imagine what the fuck that's like. It's, I know I've said that so many times throughout this, but it's, it's so real. One, uh, one of her best friends, her, uh, one of her best friends, she, had, she has two sons and a daughter. Both of her sons are dead from drugs. Her daughter's on drugs now. And I, I just feel so badly for her, but more specifically. So one of her sons died many, many years ago of drugs, and her other son was doing the same drugs, but it was an accident, and he was drinking too much. And, you know, the combination, he, he had died up in his, uh, in his house and up in his trailer, and my mom's friend went up there to, and, and found his body. She calls my mom screaming, bloody murder. She obviously don't know what the fuck to do. My mom rushes there. I mean, this, he's been dead for hours. My cousin, mm -hmm. this guy. Uh, I knew him my whole life. Grew up with him. You know, good guy. Wrestler. Had a whole a fucking huge future ahead of him in wrestling. I mean, it's a big deal where I come from, up in the mountains. Um, Could have went really far. And, you know, one of those stories. And... My mom went up there and just trying to, she's all to hell, and she's just trying to desperately breathe life into this man who's been dead for hours. He's just, he's purple as Diny the, Barney the fucking dinosaur. Like, he's gone. It's over. And she's just still trying to breathe life into this fucking man. You know, uh, like I said, her friend dies in her arms. She's gone. Took care of her for a good year. The good, the last year she had alive, they told her she wouldn't last that long. She did. She did everything for her. Brought her food. Bought her a little TV. Just did, just did anything, everything. Took her anywhere. Just wanted her to have a life before it was over. Had, uh, helped her daughters. Still does to this day. Um, then after that, I talked about him before. Byron, who's a friend of ours, he's like a brother to me. I mean, he lived with us. You know, they took him in. He died, hit by a fucking truck. He's dead, 23 years old. Had a baby right after. His girlfriend was pregnant. And, you know, they put the sonogram on his body. A picture of the sonogram on his body in the casket during the wake. You know. And you see these things. And I mean, I'm not making it about myself. It's not even about myself. It's about people. It's about loss. And it's about hurt. And that it's... It's more than religion. It's more than God. It's more than all these things. All that shit, as cliched as it is to say, it's within yourself. You don't... If, if you if you use those things, more power to you. I have no... You know, I can't sit here and condemn someone who uses religion as a shortcut to acceptance. Because by... 
in that respect, you know, I use psychedelics as a shortcut for enlightenment. Yeah. So who the fuck am I to judge? I'm not yeah. judging you. I'm merely pointing we're out the just, fact that... Yeah, we're all just looking for ways to try to figure it out yeah, anyway. So absolutely. And as long as you don't, you know, hurt others in the process, I, I have no qualms. It's not my place to tell you. That's absolutely it's fine, you know, if you use that method. I'm merely pointing out the fact that you will hurt, and that's okay. And But all I can say is that running from it will not help you. You cannot run, Okay. You can you can go across the world to the fucking moon. It doesn't matter. Your fucking demons will follow. They will follow you. They're going nowhere. You can't run. You can't hide. You can't. There ain't a fucking bottle big enough to drink your way down to the bottom of uh, to allow you to escape what's in your fucking heart and in your mind. You got to face it. You just got to turn and face the fucking flames. Yep. You know, that's it. There is no escape. And it seems scary, and I'll tell you what, it is. It's fucking terrifying. It is terrifying. Like you say, you look over that rail, and it's more than death. It ain't just death. There's there's so much more to it. There's oh, yeah. so much. Death is the biggest. Death is the finality of it. It's the grand fucking finale. It's when yeah. the curtain is called. But it's like I said, and you know, it's serious shit. I mean, we're just whistling yeah. Dixie here. Yeah, but these are just words. Yeah, <laughs> these are fucking words, and I promise they don't do it justice. But when when you see it, it's how, you, and you will, you will. That's the thing, you will yeah. see it. You will, if if not, your time will come. But in between, then others will too, yeah. and you'll see it, and you'll have to be right there. And you can't run, you can't hide, because if you yeah. do, it's gonna be right here. I feel you know, like the point that we're trying to get across isn't isn't necessarily some anecdote about death, but just, you know, the concomitants of everything we've been talking about during this podcast. All right. of the individual stories and everything put together, That that's the point. Like, you know, you can't just look at any one thing, but everything we've talked about as a story gives a pretty good picture of this uh, this abyss. Yeah, and and you know, just to to add to that, it's not it's not some fucking scare tactic to oh, he's a fucking boogeyman, you yeah. know, life's pain and all this emo shit. No, I mean, there's, there's a tremendous amount of happiness and and love in between those moments. I mean, I'll be perfectly candid. Yeah. Like, I, I do think that life is, um, you know, mostly ho fucking hum. Most days are just pretty tasteless and bland. And occasionally there's a, a lot of pain and hurt. But it's that pain that makes the beautiful parts even. Absolutely. And then yeah. when those moments do come, yeah. when, the, when the fucking sun comes round and it shines, yeah. it shines just a little bit fucking brighter. That's, if you've been through pain. Yeah. Absolutely. It definitely does. You know, and, and that's what it's about. And, you know... Going back to the philosophy thing, nihilism. No, I'm more of an absurdist. You know, the whole Kierkegaard thing, which sort of started off existentialism in the first place. You know, the whole uh, Sisyphus analogy, where he's pushing the fucking boulder up the hill and it rolls back on him. Yep. That's more my mindset. You know, he does that every day, over every day. and over. And we have to imagine him as happy doing yep. what he does. And really, when you think about it, that's what you do. That's yep. what I do. That's what we all do. Yeah. We are all the collective fucking Sisyphus. That's it. Because 
to be a nihilist implies that you should just kill yourself. You have no reason not to. Yeah. What's stopping you? Yeah. You know, if you truly believe that life is shit and it's meaningless, you have no reason to be here. However, and I think objectively, we can all say that. I think we can all say we have no, you know, look, I know there are those of you who fucking claim to be touched by God and what have you, but usually most of you are full of shit, okay? And it's more that you're you're pontificating. Mm, I love that word. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's all it is. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's no more than that. And it, it amounts to very little, it, ultimately. It's just theory. But in practice, it's a, it's a whole different situation. Basically, suffering is inevitable, as we've covered. But you, you can still enjoy. You can still live and love. And that's where it's separated with nihilism. That is the shift. That's, that's the difference. With nihilism, you say, life is shit. It's meaningless. It's nothing. Okay? We can objectively agree. Like I said, people will say, oh, well, you know, what about... What about this? What about that? Uh, I have God. I have this and that. Okay, well, that's that's what gives you purpose. That, But there is no objective purpose. There is no objective plan, of a, a conclusive, like somebody fucking came down, descended, said, all right, everybody, listen up. Regardless of how you feel, your faith, your fucking religion, race, blah, 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 blah. This, this is the plan. We're, we're all fucking speculating, as I said. So really it boils more down to there is no fucking objective plan. You make your plan. That's it. Yeah. And that's a terrifying concept for most people. So the absurdist would say... That life look, only has the meaning that you give it. Absolutely. It's, it's just, it's personal. Like my personal meaning may be vastly different from yours. That's okay. Yeah. Whatever gets you the fuck up out of bed and keeps you going. It's called that's the, your purpose. It's called the individualist philosophy also. Yeah. So... It's on you, and that's a huge, huge task. It's it's not none of what I'm talking about. Nothing of this. There is no all these fucking people who talk and yammer on blah blah blah. Love the fucking jerk off to their own voice. You know, it's all tips and tricks and fucking BuzzFeed five ways to yeah. blah blah blah. There is none. All right, I'm yeah. going to be real with you. There is no shortcut. There is no handy book. There is no fucking yeah. little set of notes that will coast you through life. It doesn't exist. Life fucking sucks a lot of the yeah. time, and you just got to fucking deal with it. And if you do, if you do, when life, and it rarely is, is awesome, it's super awesome. It's amazing. It is the greatest shit you'll ever experience, ever, ever, ever. It makes it that much better. That's it. That's all there is to it. There's, there is no shortcut. That's what fucking infuriates me the most. Yeah. Is that people yeah, are yeah. sold on this You image. have to figure it out on your own. And it's yeah. like, you, you can't, you can go looking for answers from other people, but they're not, they're just pontificating, to use that word yeah. again. Just yeah. like me and you are right now. Yeah. And for you those of you who don't know what that means, it's to speak arrogantly and pompously about very complex matters look at you arrogantly <laughs> explaining <laughs> what fucking pontificating means yeah yeah really it's it's i don't know it's it, i don't want to be bleak about it you know i don't want to be in just fucking boldly bleak as all yeah. life's trash because i don't believe that i think i do think 
I get nihilism. I understand it. I, that was one of the first philosophers I read. I was huge Nietzsche. It's right on the fucking shelf. Brad got it for me, you know, uh, from fucking Edward McKay's used beat on a fuck. Thanks, Brad. It's, it's got like 50 used tags over it. He's like, I couldn't scrape them off. <laughs> I tried to make it look new. I'm like, yeah, it's way gone. Uh, anyway, yeah, I, yeah, of course, life's objective. Yeah, we can't, we can't say, but it's the fear that keeps us alive you see if if you really didn't fear death or more importantly at least from my perspective as i said way early uh the death of those you love or your death and its effect on those you love you just kill yourself i would i would if i did not have love honest to god i can say this with no emotion i can say this with no with nothing i would genuinely you know, I got a gun downstairs in my safe. I would blow my brains out. I would. I wouldn't think about it. I wouldn't care. It would It would mean nothing to me. I have no emotion over it whatsoever. Love is genuinely what keeps me alive. I do not care outside of it. It, it has no value, you know. So, and, and that may be different for others. Their motivations may vary wild, wildly, and that, that's fine. I think that if you live a loveless life it's not a life worth living however that's just my opinion but still it's just about suffering and absurdists would just say look we don't know the answer but we're gonna keep fucking digging anyway that's it and that's all i'm gonna do i'm gonna keep pushing the boulder and to be honest lately that motherfucker just keeps it's not just falling back on me it's fucking crushing me <laughs> like i can't fucking breathe you know like two months ago i literally i'm like <laughs> you're having some trouble getting it up the hill yeah like i'm fucking dying over here you can't even do your one job that's yeah your one meaningless job you can't even do it <laughs> yeah it, it, it's, it was grim and you know who knows what the future i don't know i just called the day and tried to get my echo pushed up i, I don't know i i might go in there at the end of the month, two months, and, uh, you know, it's right. The heart's in worse condition. The fluid's back, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? It don't fucking matter. It don't matter. You know, like, I, I'm i going to die anyway. But in that sense, still yet, I'll persevere. Even after that, I'll acknowledge, like I always do, like I always have, that it's going to end. But having said that, in the name of love, I will push and scrape and fucking scramp to to do all I can do to stay here for those I love. Because not just, oh, I have to exist because they love me, but because I love them. And that's, that's it. That's all there is. Everything outside of this, life on other planets, blah, 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 blah. Probably so. Probably it's true. Probably this, probably that. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Doesn't matter doesn't fucking matter it's all about just fucking realizing all of the agony that you will have to endure accepting it not turning away from it but turning into it and walking through it in the name of love period that's it boom boom good place to end it all right that's it that's it